are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.1, Thou therefore, my son, my son, Paul calls Timothy my son in 1 Timothy 1.2. He had won Timothy to Christ. Timothy had an unsaved dad. His dad was a heathen. Timothy had a great mother and a great wonderful grandmother, but he had a wicked father. And Paul came on the scene and won Timothy. Uh, the next book you'll find is Titus, and he calls him his son. They're the three pastoral books, First and Second Timothy and Titus. He had won both these men to Christ. They were younger boys than he, and Paul was now ready to have his head severed from his body. The time of my departure, chapter 4, he said, is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I henceforth is laid up a crown of righteousness for me. He knew his head was going to be severed any day now, and it was. The Apostle Paul penned most of the New Testament for us. He penned so many of these church epistles and letters to the church, but he was not a very good looking man. Historians tell us he is four foot 10. He had runny eyes, he had a disease in the eyes. He was fluent in five languages, the Bible says. He was a brilliant man. He was a persecutor of the church. He stood there and watched Stephen, the first deacon, get stoned, and they laid his bloody clothes at his feet. He was hailing men and women, putting them in prison, and working against the church, and God saved his sorry soul. When God saved him, that same energy that he had in persecuting the church, now he wanted to serve God with his life. And he counted it a joy to be able to die, for to me to live is Christ, Philippians 1, he said, and to die is gain. I don't care if I die as a martyr, I wanna serve Jesus. They stoned him, but he lived through that. They lay wait for him, they were gonna take him, and they hated him, and he was run out of town, but he preached the word of God. What great power. My son, chapter two, verse one. My son, he said, you're my son. Be strong in the, what's that next word, church? Grace. We're in this series on grace. Grace is just not one word that means saving grace. Our first message, one of the, uh, one of the products of grace is salvation. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. I'm so grateful for grace, salvation, grace. As Brother Martinez was singing, I saw you up there, Dana, uh, and uh, Dana's husband, Brother Dan, just recently passed away. First Father's Day without him. My heart goes out to you today. But I want you to know that Dan knew the Lord as his Savior. He'd been born again, and he's now in the presence of God Almighty. But every person will one day die, and you'll spend eternity in a place called heaven or a place called hell. Are you saved? We sing in elementary chapel on Wednesdays when I go there. If you're saved and you know it, 
say amen. amen. And if you're saved, you ought to be able to say, I'm saved and I know it. Forever saved, ever justified. By grace are you saved. Now today, I want you to see the grace, what we call strong grace. Now there might some be strong in the grace. This strong grace is written as he introduces a father-son relationship on Father's Day. And dads and mothers, we have to make sure that we send grace into the life of our children. Not saving grace, but grace is favor. We ought to place our children in such a position that they can experience the favor of God in their lives. Amen. Taking them to worldly amusement will not bring the favor of God. Uh, offering them uh, tobacco and offering them liquor and offering them drugs. And by the way, some folks do. And offer them how to be safe yet be immoral. And offering rock and roll music. And offering that thing that was going to draw them away from God. It's not causing them to be strong in grace. Dad, your job as a father, as a grandfather, is to create such an environment that your children can be strong in grace. We give our kids everything. But I would give them strong grace. I mean, you don't have to go very far to see a little two-year-old or a three-year-old on a cell phone doing this or doing this. And I know those are fun things and those games and all that, but they've got that down. You don't have to go very far as you come to the bus stop over here and watch on a morning as these junior hires and senior hires wait for the bus. They all have cell phones. And we've armed our kids with social media. And we've armed our kids with the ability to know these things. And I know they're good things in their place. I know that. I have a cell phone. Don't know how to use it very much, but I have one. Drives me crazy. But nonetheless, I use it. And I use it quite frequently, of course, through the day. But I want to make sure my wife, as we had kids in our home, that we armed them with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. We armed them with the scriptures. We armed them with a Christian school. We armed them with the things of God. We armed them always in a good youth group and good youth pastors. The, the most important thing is not how beautiful your house is. Are you providing for your family that they can be strong in grace? They're going to need grace more than they will of social media as they get older in life. They're going to need, amen. I have to do my own amen. It takes a lot longer, folks. And so we're introduced to this strong grace. And I want you to see what the apostle Paul reminds Timothy of this grace. It's a strong grace. It's a strong grace. Look at verse number one. Let us read it together, shall we? Ready, begin. Thou therefore, my son, if we ever need a man to be strong, it's today. We are living in a soft day. Male masculinity is being scoffed. But God still has it very clearly that a man has authority and responsibility in the home. When I came here in 76, there would have been an amen on that, I guarantee it. Would you please ask your wife if you can say amen if I say that again? 
male masculinity. There's strength in male masculinity. And you're not a misfit if you're a man. And sir, I want to say, God says, as Paul speaks to his son in the faith, that this is a strong grace, strong favor. The Lord is my strength and my song. God gives courage. Man gives weakness. The world gives weakness. God gives courage. Have you ever seen a day like we see today? I told our Sunday school class, I deal with more offended men today in the last two months than I have in the first 20 years. Men are so offended, so upset. I'm so grateful I grew up in a generation where dad went through the depression and a dad went through World War II and our fathers were not so soft and effeminate, offended all the time and upset all the time and bewildered and mad and frustrated. God wants strength to be given to the children. I read of the account that just recently was the anniversary of Latimer and Ridley. Latimer was, we studied him in college so many years ago. Latimer was the old elder and Ridley was the younger. But those two in 1555 were preaching the gospel. And both of them were tried because of preaching the gospel and sentenced to be burned at the stake. That's what the catacombs are about in Rome where they took 50 million Christians and buried them in Rome. They chopped their heads off for not denying Jesus Christ. The old man, Latimer, wrote a note to Ridley. They got it to his cell, and he said these words on the day they were to be burned. Be of good comfort. Play the man. We shall light a light today, a candle for England that will never be put out. Be the man. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Quit you like men, be strong. Strong grace. What do you mean quit? Quit is man up, be a man, be manly. There's nothing wrong, men, looking like a man, dressing like a man, talking like a man looking like a man, reacting like a man. Let's become men again. I know that's not the world society, the philosophy, but God says be strong, strong in grace, strong in favor. Your kids, you are testifying to them what strong grace is all about. Don't give your kids weak. I'm not talking to your mother. She bothered me. Come on, sir. Or you go to the dinner table and you're both mad at one another. And you're so narcissistic in that that the, the wife says, kids, pass your dad the salt. He wants the salt. And he says, I don't want the salt. And two little children like in a sandbox, husband and wife are fighting with one another over salt. And he gets mad. And I didn't want the salt. And he stands up and said, I'm out of here. I'm not eating with, tonight with you. Oh, that's real big. Stick your thumb in your mouth at the same time. 
You can fault me for preaching like this, but it's becoming wearisome watching men get so upset. Your kids ought not to see what, I went to work and they didn't give me the promotion and I'm upset, my work fired me, I am so upset. I think I've got to go shoot a bunch of people at my workplace because they weren't fair to me. Grow up. Don't leave some children without a dad or a mother because of your little soft spirit. Grow in grace. Be strong in grace. But not only does he say strong in grace, but he said, I want you to see the source of grace. Be strong in the grace that, here it is, is in Christ Jesus. I don't care who you are or what you are, how much you can press, how much you can lift, how big those arms might be. They might be huge like mine. I feel it down there drooping somewhere. And I'm all for all that, what you can do and working out. A little bit more about this working out this way, it's a lot better than this. But this is physical strength. But we need strength from the source that is only in Christ Jesus. If you believe in going to the gym and working out, that's what you do to get strong, whatever. We have weight rooms around, I know all that stuff. We have them here. If, you, if, if that's what you do, get strong, good. That's your source, but don't let it be your source spiritually. If you can press weights for 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day, uh, try to press this the same. The Word of God and walk with God and say, oh dear God, I have a sweet daughter. My wife and I, by the name of Tiffany, and I intercede, she's been out of our home for almost 20 years now, and I intercede for that girl who's a, husband, a wife to a husband and five kids and a pastor's wife, and it's such a heavy responsibility that she has. My job is to go to the source where there's grace, strength for my daughter and pray for our daughter, Tiffany, and then there's our son who's preaching, her husband's preaching, and, he, and, and Tim's preaching today in, in, uh, in Arizona and his wife and their kids, and oh, the source for that boy's life is Christ Jesus. It's not the internet. It's not the weights. It's not play. It's not Disneyland. And I'm not suggesting you cannot go to Disneyland once every 10 years. Our source of strength is Jesus Christ. We have our daughter today, Tabitha, who's in the nursery. Her husband's a principal of the Christian school. Their kids, I am responsible. They've all left our home so long ago. Tim, 10 years ago. Tabitha, 15 years ago. Tiffany, 20 years ago. But I have a daily job to go to the source of grace for our kids and our grandkids. Why our little granddaughter, Ashlyn, works at the church. She gets on those LA freeways that scares me to death every day of my life. And as she's driving to work in the morning, I'm praying, oh dear God, please keep her alert right now. Keep her eyes on the road. 
Help her to see what's going on in those freeways down there. I want to say there is strong, strong grace, and there's the source of strength, uh, the, the strength of grace and the source of strength, strong. And then I want you to see study of grace in verse 2. The things which thou hast heard of me of many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men also. Study, Paul, Paul says, you study me. You've heard me. Watch me. We're living in a day where we've thrown off Titus chapter 2, the old men and the old ladies, the elderly men, the elderly ladies. And we've replaced them because they are archaic and that's the old-fashioned way, that's the old way. We've replaced them with the internet gurus. I know that there's a, over 100 countries watching right, watching right now. I'm talking about countries right, watching right now. And every state in this union is watching right now. And you young preachers, God bless you. I, you're doing far more than I ever did at your age. I'm so proud of what you're doing. But don't throw the old guys out yet. Don't throw the elderly ladies out yet. Stop going to the internet and, and, and uh, Jim Bob says, do it this way. And Jim Bob, he sits on a stool in his church and, and he, he preaches from that stool and that's the new way. Pull the lights down, put the black ceiling in and let's kumbaya together and let's just sort of let me visit with you. God has still chosen the foolishness of preaching, he says. In these last days, Preaching comes from a Greek word, keruk, which means to lift your voice and declare with authority. Now, brethren, we're going to talk about relationships today. We don't need that. That did not save America. That did not change America. We are being hijacked in our churches. Oh, I thank God for those songs. But one day he's coming. How you sang it today. Study. My son, listen to me. You kids, God's given you a godly father, godly mother. I didn't say a perfect mother, a perfect father. God's given you godly parents, godly Sunday school teachers, and godly aunts and uncles, and godly grandparents. Get your ears open. Paul says you study. Grace leads to study, and grace leads to speaking. You teach others also. You teach what you've learned. All over this house, I'm looking right now, I see young kids that were born here. I held you the day you were born, most of you. I see them everywhere, 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 a whole row right there. There's over here, and over here, and here's couples and they're expecting babies and back over here, everywhere I look. When we began youth conference 36 years ago, these men weren't born. Well, some of these old guys were. And you know what has happened? I love, I'll come to every preaching and every session and every activity, and I'll be from early morning as the sun comes up to late, 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 late at night. But I don't know how to run one of these things anymore. But I've got some young men that have listened. I know what I want to see done. 
I know how it's supposed to be done. I know I want singing, and I know I want preaching, and I know I want there to be an enjoyable time, and I know I want a good place, and they're staying in these beautiful hotels. I want them to have a good place, and I know I want kind of, what kind of food I want in their stomachs to feed them. I know, I just don't know how to get it all done. Now, thank God he's given me all these employees that say, Pastor, I want to I help you lift your arms so we can get it done right. Because they have now taken over the leadership of things that one time I did or my wife did. And now they're speaking these things also. I want you to see number five quickly, the stand of grace. And I know we're out of time. There's a stand of grace. Verse number three, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A preacher is called a soldier. A Christian is called a soldier. We're a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not here to win friends and influence people. We're here to preach the word. And in preaching the word, some folks get very happy and very appreciative, and some will rebel against it. You're all making an observation right now. I don't like him. I like that's okay. But if he's not here, then find a man of God that will endure hardness as a good soldier. He'll take a stand. Life is not easy. You know, it's easy at my age to tell my wife, we're going to a cabin and retire and getting out of here. That's the easy way. God still has too much to do. There's too much responsibility. There's too many young soldiers to still train. Stand the stand of grace. It's not easy, but grace allows us to stand. And then I see the soldiers of grace, verse 3 and 4. We saw the soldier, verse 4, the soldier, verse 4, no man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. And they please him who hath chosen him be a soldier. God also tells us in that text there's a separation. Don't get entangled. Don't get entangled. When Miss Treber and I came here, and those 20 people met us, the other property, we were renting a building. We didn't know anything about health insurance, and we didn't know anything about, we just, we just, the guys would count, the, we had a little blonde piano. On Sunday night, they'd count the offering. they said, $164 today, praise God for that. Well, we had a big offering, $300 today, praise God. We'll be able to pay the rent on this building if we keep a couple more weeks like that going. But one thing I purposed when I came here, and I was willing, I was willing to be a tent maker as Paul, to take a second job, to get this church going. I'd be willing to do that. I never did, but I'd be willing to do that. But I have never been willing to start a business and work with investments and multiple properties so that we could prosper in the ministry. This one thing I do, and I'm going to say to mothers and dads right now, don't get so focused on your 401ks and your kids' college funds and all those things that you miss the very moment that you have with your family right now. 
Don't be so focused about tomorrow and the, we're going to get these properties so that our sons and our daughters, they all have investment properties. They probably don't need it. Maybe they ought to work for it. Say, so, well, it's not possible in the Silicon Valley. It's always been hard before there was a Silicon Valley. I can remember renting that house for a year and then renting for five years, then renting for 10 years and renting for 15 years and renting for 16, 17, 18. And no family gave us a dime. This church didn't have money. And by, by the grace of God, miraculously, God opened up a door. You just keep doing what you're supposed to do. Don't be so amassed with all that you're trying to amass to yourself all these things. You men in the ministry, and I speak to many of our pastors that are in the auditorium today, don't get so, our pastors of our church, don't get so wrapped up. I gotta have these things so we can have this, so we can have this. God has a way to take care of it all. And he will. The grace of God. We're out of time, but there are seven ingredients of God's grace, which is strong grace. I'm pleading with men today. I'm pleading with men in just a few moments to use this altar to say, I'm going to be a man for my family and make sure that I can set them up in our home with grace so that when I'm gone, they're still living for God. They're still moving forward for God. We have these 13 grandkids. All of them are saved except for the last four. They're getting school age now. They'll go to school this fall. And I'll tell you what, I pray every day. I don't want them to get saved, quote, so early that they don't even know what they're doing. I want them to understand. Oh, but Brother Jose, I'm praying that God, today again, there will be a Sunday school teacher. They'll put a little bit more of the knowledge of God in their heart. And a song at church would put a little bit more. And maybe a preacher would put a little bit more. And a Sunday night, Sunday school, church service for the kids would put a little bit more. And the Bible family time and prayer time with the mom and dad put a little bit more. So that one day sometime from now, whenever it might be, their eyes might be open. I want to know that all our grandkids have trusted Christ as Savior. We've tried to set it up so that they would have these, in this environment so that they can experience the grace of God. It'd be my prayer that none of our grandkids become alcoholics. That none of our grandkids will become dope addicts. But that all of our grandkids would have a desire to the Word of God every day and on Sunday get up and go to the house of God. That's success. Stop living for so much that is so temporal. Our Father, I love these people so much. I'm so grateful to speak to them again about grace. I'm getting a feeling, Lord, that maybe I've run my course on this, so I have so many more messages to preach. Give me some wisdom this week if I should continue. I'm leaning, Lord, that it might be just I need to stop it for a while. Oh, I'm so grateful for grace. And God, I want the favor of God on my kids and our grandkids. My wife and I desire that. We desire that our kids and grandkids would know the grace of God. 
know what it is to get the favor of God and not waste time on, on Facebook and internet and all those things that are, if they're not going to bring glory to God, we, we, we don't want that for them. Bless these dear men that are here. God, help us to rise up to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ and create an environment in our home with our wives that our kids can have what is so needed, an experience of grace. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.